and welcome to this episode of How To Be Bold. If you're anything like me, you absolutely devour interviews with ambitious and successful women. And I'm always interested to know what their secret is. Is it getting up at 5am and working their ass off or sometimes just sheer luck? It is, of course, different things for different people. But one trait has stood out to me that all the women I admire possess. They're bold. I'm Emma Dean and I'm going to be exploring how to be bold with women who, for me, epitomise that very word. Whether going for a promotion, leaving a secure job to pursue a dream career, overcoming a trauma or standing up for themselves or others. In their careers and professional lives, they've taken risks, been confident and courageous. And we've all had times when we've looked back on a situation and wished, if only I'd been more bold. So we'll be exploring those times too and what we can learn from them. In this episode, I'm talking to Lindsay Brisson, co-founder and CEO of 5050 Future, whose mission is to achieve gender equality in the workplace. In this episode with Lindsay, we talk about finding your path in tech, why men have to be part of the gender parity solution, and why it's important to not be a dick. So maybe if you start by just telling me a bit about yourself and how you came to start 5050 Future. Yeah, sure. So a bit of a history there. Um, I started out, um, I suppose, in the tech sector, which ended up being a bit of a happy accident. When I left university, I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do, and like many people, and I went into the fashion world, which on paper would seem to be a really, really um, good fit for me. Well, at the time it was, um, when I was down with the kids, and <laughs> wore some nice gear. So um, I started there and worked there in the industry there for about four years, and I really didn't like it. You know, the, the organisational side of it um, was great, and I learned a lot, but um, it was just a, a really um, competitive industry where I didn't get much value from it personally, and um, I, I moved into many different jobs over the next probably 10 years or so after that. Um, trying to find a fit, which always seemed to be quite a challenge. And it wasn't until much later on that I realised it was just, I think, trying to find fit with my values was a problem. And that was what wasn't fitting with a lot of the jobs that I was taking. I was taking opportunities that I thought would be great. Um, and then they really jarred with my personal values. So when I came to work in the tech industry, that would have been the last industry that I would have picked for myself. I don't know how to work tech. I don't know much about it. But it's actually been the best industry I've ever worked in just because I get to work with loads of smart and innovative, creative people who love to collaborate with each other. And that really fits nicely with my values where people will put in time for others and they're creating something that's going to be at the forefront of business, which I find really exciting. And this all, I suppose, started with Ignite. So um, I got a job working with Paul Smith um, on the operations side of things for Ignite Accelerator back in 2011 when it first came into fruition in the Northeast. So it was one of the very first um, tech accelerators in the UK at the time. And when I joined, I didn't have a clue what a tech accelerator was. I didn't actually even know what a tech startup was, but was willing to just give it a go. And it was great. And I met some fantastic people. 
was very exciting and through Campus North we then decided to open Campus North which was the first co-working space in the northeast so because we were bringing all of these smart people together startups and freelancers and there was no way in the northeast at the time for there to be meetups or um, to bring a hub of like-minded people together and to create this kind of melting pot um, for all of this talent and in this sector that was growing in the northeast um, it was really exciting to find the space of campus north and then build such a large community of wonderful wonderful people so um, running campus north brought about many more opportunities as well where we uh, then set up an education initiative tech for life and that was a community interest company and one side of that company was around skills so around coding and electronics and the other side was around gender diversity because the tech sector is obviously quite renowned for um, not having many women in the, in the industry or um, in senior leadership, as is the case with many industries as well. So we felt as though we were in a position to help that along, whether that was getting more girls through our coding and electronics and courses and workshops and inspiring young girls in STEM, or whether that was running our first programs with women which were a, a personal development program and 5050 has now been spun out into just one entity so there's no more campus north to take for life but 5050 is where we are really passionate about making a difference in the way that we want to do that is by including men as well because I think that's the bit that people tend to leave out quite often. Yeah, definitely. And it's not just in the tech sector, right? We're seeing a lack of gender diversity across the majority of industries, really, despite an increased focus on uh, STEM education for women. That's right. So I think although it started off from the tech sector, um, we obviously want to be as inclusive as possible. And we know that there are many struggles across various sectors and we just want to help wherever we can. So um, we're now speaking to many organizations across a breadth of different sectors um everything from you know transport to science you know it's um i think a lot of companies um, are aware of it they're just not really sure how to tackle it or they think that they're tackling it but it's definitely not in the right way to make an impact in the change culture it's really interesting so what is the right way to be tackling these issues? Well, a lot of what we see, I suppose, is that great that people are thinking about certain of women only networks and um, female leadership programs and the like, and we started off doing that. But I think the big thing that's missing now is that a lot of these initiatives can be quite counterproductive. I think, you know, women end up then being in these silos where it's a them and us kind of situation or environment and um, I don't think that the the joining the dot with the rest of the company and including men in the changes or in the discussions that they want to make um, when we speak to men um, the feedback that we get is usually uh, firstly some men think that gender equality is fixed and it's all done so it's not an issue some men really don't know how to engage with it, which I completely understand. I think they're not sure whether it's 
something that they should get involved in or is it their place to say something or what are they going to say the wrong thing what's the right thing um and finally i think a lot of men do feel quite excluded by women only initiatives and that's something that we really need to educate everybody on because we all need to be on the same page here and if a lot of our workplaces are men then why are they not involved in changing the culture and understanding a lot of men don't actually i think they've got good intentions but they don't necessarily understand some of the barriers and the challenges that we face and i think um what we do really well is to start that conversation between men and women because it's not very often that organizations will speak about this kind of thing and just discuss it in a way that views are heard and understood and different perspectives are shared and that's really a great starting point. Definitely and you mentioned at the start of your tech career uh, you worked at Ignite, um, a tech accelerator. Is there an argument uh, to be made that those sorts of organisations could be doing more to put more emphasis on things like gender parity so whether that be uh, I don't know, quotas on female-led b- businesses or something like that well it's it's a massive issue um and i think you know we've definitely been aware of it since the, you know the start of ignite it's always been a struggle for us to find um female founders or to get some kind of gender balance on startup teams and I think we are starting to see a bit of a difference now which I think having more um, exposure to seeing female founders really helps and especially you know with the younger generation having that as an option I think when we first started out especially over in the northeast um, it probably wasn't a a career choice well, it wasn't. You know, nobody said tech was an option and that there were different jobs in the tech world when I was growing up um, and being taught IT skills at school. Um, this was a time when IT was all about learning to use Google and use Word and Excel. Yeah, absolutely. And it, well, you know, a lot of problem were still the challenges that we're still facing today is that um, in schools there's still so much inconsistency with what is being taught, especially secondary schools. I think a lot of their um, option choices would be IT, where you're still looking at Excel spreadsheets. It's not setting them up for the future. It's still not considered a career path, although it might be getting better in a lot of the schools that we've engaged with. It's just so varied. Uh, and inconsistent what they're being taught and the career choices that are available to them and then again with universities as well we know that it takes so long for the courses to change and with tech being such a fast-paced sector by the time anything gets implemented it's already changed yeah so but i think just more more awareness about you know being able to do this and it's going back to that old thing again of if you can see it you can be it and have a more um, visible female entrepreneurs and investors as well would be great. I mean, we're still not seeing that many uh, women investors. And again, we're still hearing a lot of stories today where, you know, it's still a struggle for female founders to get investment because usually the investors are mainly male. And 
I think they've just got a different way of communicating or, or selling the point or I suppose presenting the pictures in a certain way that they're used to. Um, it's a whole minefield of I think a bit of unconscious bias and certain like maybe communication barriers as well. It's, I think it's just a whole mixture of things that that need to be tackled to get some kind of balance in there. But yeah, it's still a huge, huge issue. Yeah, so I mean, arguably igniting Campus North and others really created an environment where people could see it being done and aspire to be that as well. So whilst I guess it might feel like there is baby steps, the impact has been huge. I mean, that's certainly from an outsider's perspective. Well, I would love to think so. I mean, and, you know, it's, that's, I think it's not just us as a, as a sector, specifically in the northeast i think we're really great at paying it forward and the businesses up here really do like to get involved and in, in invest in our future pipeline and I, I love that about the region and i love that about the sector and we just need to keep on doing it and do more of it and yes i think you're right you know it definitely does have an impact and it is undoubtedly going to be baby steps to get there but yeah we just need more so if a company was listening, um, whatever sector they're in, and they wanted to start addressing gender imbalance, what steps could they be proactively and practically uh, taking um, as a starting point? I think firstly, um, they probably need to speak with their employees. Um, I think a lot of the time organisations have certain policy procedures um, initiatives in place that they think would be great but a lot of the time there's probably a bit of a, a gap between what the employees actually are missing and what they would like to see happening um, and I think that it would be really interesting to get the feedback from both men and women on that and see pull out the main themes really for their organisation because it's never going to be one size fits all solution for each organisation. I think there's going to be definitely certain areas within that that could be looked at, whether that's recruitment, retention, the company's reputation as investing 50-50 um, initiatives, or whether that's, you know, shared parental leave, all of these kinds of elements to gender diversity that are really important and can make a difference where attracted people into your company or allowing women to progress within your company or return to work after maternity, all these kinds of things are all part of it. But being quite um, honest about what is doable and what isn't, but taking into account what the employees themselves feel like they're missing and then looking at that and making sure men and women are part of the solution. And I think what's really important is that it's not just the senior leadership being involved um, which can sometimes be difficult, but I think it definitely needs to be employee-led. Yeah, that makes total sense. That's really good advice. So um, moving on to a couple of questions that I ask all my guests on the podcast. The first being, uh, what does being bold mean to you? I think an obvious answer would be um, taking risks um, and I've taken quite a few risks um, in my career and um, I think doing what we've done 
um, there's going to be times where, say, for example, you don't have a consistent weight and um, there's going to be gaps in, with funding and situations like that, that can be really difficult and you have to take some risks to get somewhere or for the greater good, the company. But I wanted to mention it because I definitely think um, it's, it's part of being bold. But the other side of being bold to me is actually more of an emotional boldness. I think um, being vulnerable is a boldness. I think when you can show up what and all and show people that you don't know what all of the answers are, you can ask for help. I think that really shows a boldness of character and it's hard so people to get over but I think it really makes a huge impact on the people around you who you're working with and um, to also support yourself if you're a manager or any kind of position that you hold being honest with yourself that you don't know all answers and being able to ask for help you will be so much better informed and supported and also for people who are working around you to know that you don't um, because I think you, you've probably been in situations before, and I think especially when you're younger as well in your career, you think, God, how are they doing that? Like, how are they just so together and they know everything? And the reality is that they'll probably go home and have a complete breakdown about I think it it shows strength of character to be vulnerable. Um, so for me, I think being vulnerable that's a really good answer um thank you so moving on to the last question for me uh what's the best piece of advice that you've been given um i think i've got two so the first one um was always our number one rule at ignite and campus north and um, many people with our network still live by this rule i think it's a good rule for business and life and that is don't be a dick. Um, I think it works on many levels. Um, I think we all know people who are in the room to stay away from, and you don't want to be that person in the room. Um, I think um, just be yourself would be the other one. There are many people that um, I've come across who seem to have a work persona and they have a different person who they bring out for home life or around family and friends and who go to the pub and socialise. And for me, I think you have to be consistent. You have to have the same person show up at work as what you do at home. I think just being authentic and being real, I don't see problems with that. And um, I think you have to bring your whole self to work and people should know you as that and value you as that person. So two very different answers there. But great advice, both of them. I think we'll leave that there. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for your time and being a fantastic guest. So that's it for another episode of How To Be Bold. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and listening to Lindsay as much as I enjoyed speaking to her. If you did enjoy this episode, um, it would really mean a lot to me if you could rate, review and subscribe on iTunes. And if you want to get in touch with us, then you can do so at 
howtobebold.pod at gmail.com. I would be really interested to hear uh, the sorts of guests you would like to hear on How To Be Bold. And so that just leaves me to say, till next time.